Today I'm talking about the tribulation temple that's going to be rebuilt. It has to be rebuilt before the middle of the tribulation. Many things have already happened to prepare to build the temple. I'll talk about that. I'm also talking about a recent Rasmussen poll of likely voters that shows the vast majority of Americans want traditional Western values taught in schools. And I'll be talking to parents now and everyone about how we must win this culture war for our children and for their schools. I'm going to be talking about why God chose the Jews, answering questions, and also how do you teach your children about the rapture without frightening them. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Welcome to the show today. We have a lot to talk about. And I want to begin by saying the 21-day journey, I've been talking about that now for several weeks. This is a resource that we have on XO now. It is a video resource, also has an accompanying journal, an online journal that comes with it. You can also get a physical journal if you want that too, but it takes you through 21-day journey of inner healing or 21-day journey of freedom. If you have something you're trying to get free from, Really helpful, especially in the times that we're living in, being set free, being healed on the inside, maybe from past hurts and things that you haven't gotten over from your childhood, maybe, and they're still you know, holding you in bondage, or maybe it's something that happened to you as an adult. But this is something that Karen and I both had to go through uh, when we first got saved, and you know, we're going through all the healing from our past. Really helpful, 21dayjourney.com forward slash tipping point. And when you go on there, just put in the promo code tipping point and you'll get 25% off your first month. Now, this message today is on the tribulation temple. I've been talking about a timeline. Uh, next week's program is going to be the last in this timeline series that I've been doing. And I've been talking about all the way from the rapture of the church being number one, all the things that we can be looking for. And I'm going to be doing a summary of that next week to just kind of show you where we've been. But in, next week, I'm talking about the end of all things, how everything ends uh, at the end of the book of Revelation, end of the Bible. And so I want to talk about the tribulation temple today because there has to be a rebuilt temple in Israel, on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. There has to be a rebuilt temple for there to be a tribulation. Let me begin in Daniel uh, chapter 9. And this is the angel Gabriel talking to Daniel about the future of Israel. And now he's talking about the Antichrist. He says, but he, the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many, that's Israel, for one week, that's seven years. That's a week of years. But in the middle of the week, three and a half years into the seven years, he, the Antichrist, shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out upon the desolate, or the desolator is another way to say that, is until God pours out his wrath on the Antichrist. And so there's going to be a temple with sacrifices because the sacrifices are going to be stopped by the Antichrist, and then he sets up the abomination of desolation. Now, I'll read to you exactly what that is because the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us exactly what the abomination of desolation is. Well, the word abomination means repugnant or detestable to God. And so there's going to be, the Antichrist is going to do something 
that is an abomination in the temple. He's going to do something that is an abomination. The word desolation means to desolate. It means to empty of worshipers. Before the Antichrist does what he does in the middle of the tribulation, there's going to be priests and there's going to be offerings. And there's going to be worship in the temple. When he's finished, there won't be anything. It, it will desolate the temple. So the abomination of desolation, that's what it is. And the book of Daniel refers to an abomination of desolation four times. Okay, now this is important because a lot of people get confused when they're reading the book of Daniel because two of the references to the abomination of desolation in Daniel 8 and Daniel 11 are talking about Antiochus Epiphanes who desolated the temple in 168 BC. Okay, and so the other two are referring to the Antichrist in the tribulation. Daniel 9 and Daniel 12 also talk about an abomination of desolation. They're talking now about a future event. And so Antiochus Epiphanes was a Syrian king uh, of the Seleucid dynasty. And so he was a Syrian king who was horrible. He was a type of the Antichrist who came as just a precursor, as just a shadow of what's going to happen during the tribulation. And let me read this to you. It's the first abomination of desolation occurred on December 25th, 167 B.C. On that date, Antiochus Epiphanes, a Seleucid king from 175 to 164 B.C., ordered that an altar to Zeus be built on top of the altar of burnt offering in the Jerusalem temple. Antiochus Epiphanes then offered swine flesh to Zeus on the altar. This this man now this is just one of the ways that he desolated the temple and the abominations that he did. I'll read uh, more in just a minute about something else that he did. This this man he outlawed Judaism. It was uh, against the law to practice Judaism. It was against the law to circumcise your children. And when they found a baby boy that had been circumcised they killed it and hung it around its mother's neck and made her walk around with her dead baby around her neck. Now, this man was a beast. This man is like the Antichrist. And twice in the book of Daniel, we are told about how he will set up an abomination of desolation. Let me read this to you out of Daniel chapter 8, because this is talking about Antiochus Epiphanes, not the Antichrist in the future. It's beginning in verse 9. Out of, out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. And it grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host. And by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast truth to the ground. He did all of this and prospered. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to that certain one who was speaking, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For 2,300 days and the sanctuary will be cleansed. Now this is talking about an event that is going to take place for 2,300 days. Okay, this is not the this is not the tribulation. Okay, this is not the three and a half years of the tribulation. This is a different length of time. Still, still, someone taking away the sacrifices, which he did, 
Antiochus Epiphanes did, someone who desolates the temple, which he did, so did this happen. Okay, this is the Messianic Bible study guide, and I'm quoting out of this now. It is also known from history that the abomination of desolation, the erection of the statue of Jupiter, was done on the 25th day of the month of Kislev in 168 B.C. The sanctuary was cleansed on the 25th day of Kislev in 165 B.C. So the entire duration of 2300 days began September 9th, 171 B.C. with the death of Onius until the rededication of the temple on December 25th, 165 B.C. As always, prophecy was literally fulfilled. It was fulfilled exactly 2300 days later. So Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, this, this prophecy of Daniel 8 and Daniel 11 has already been fulfilled. Now there are preterists, and I've taught you, if you read the articles on Tipping Point, you know that a preterist is someone who believes that the end times has already been fulfilled. All end times prophecy was fulfilled in the first century. Now some preterists believe that it, it took till the fourth century. But when they see end time prophecy, they say, oh, been there, done that, that's all been fulfilled. It doesn't mean anything. And they'll look at Antiochus Epiphanes and they'll say, well, see, the abomination of desolation, that took place, you know, in 167, 168 B.C. Antiochus Epiphanes did that. That's already been done. Huh? Two of the prophecies in Daniel have been fulfilled regarding the des uh, abomination of desolation. Two have not been, and there's, here are the words of Jesus. Okay, remember, Antiochus Epiphanes was two centuries before Jesus. So this is now Jesus in Mark chapter 13. When you see the abomination of desolation, he's talking about a future event, not a past event, a future event. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not, then it says in parentheses, let the reader understand. Those are the words of Jesus. Mark did not add that. Matthew, in Matthew 24, he did not add that. Jesus is saying, you really need to understand what, what I'm saying here. Let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who's on the housetop not go down into the house, nor uh, enter to take anything out of his house. And let him who's in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter. For in those days there will be tribulation, such has not been since the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor shall ever be. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, he is there, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But take heed, see, I have told you all things beforehand. Jesus is talking about a future event in the tribulation. In Matthew, Jesus said, then there'll be great tribulation such as not happened in the history of the world until now. And, and unless those days would have been shortened, no flesh would have been saved. That's the tribulation. So Daniel, when he talks about the Antichrist setting up the abomination of desolation, he's talking about the, the tribulation. Three and a half years, there's a seven-year covenant, in the middle, this is the time of Jacob's sorrow. This is, the, uh, this is the 70th week of the 490 years, that the 70 weeks that Gabriel told Daniel about in Daniel chapter 9. And so in those seven years, three and a half years into it, there's going to be an abomination of desolation. Here's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is the Apostle Paul. 
Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is a rebuilt temple that is going to be on the Temple Mount in Israel, and the Antichrist, three and a half years into the tribulation, he is going to go into that rebuilt temple. Remember, he's going to kill the two witnesses, three and a half years into the tribulation. He will stop the sacrifices, and then he will go in and proclaim himself God. That is the abomination of desolation. Now let's read about the temple here in Revelation 11. I'm just going to mention the two witnesses here because they're very much a part of the temple that's going to, and, and the way that the temple is going to be rebuilt. This is Revelation 11. I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar and those who worship there, but leave out the court which is outside the temple. Do not measure it. For it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. That's three and a half years. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days. That's three and a half years clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. Let's stop right there. And so there's going to be a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and the two witnesses now will be ministering during that three and a half year period of time, the first three and a half years when the temple is going to be rebuilt, when they're going to reinstitute the daily sacrifices the two witnesses will be there. So let me give you five facts about the tribulation temple. Number one, the temple will be rebuilt and animal sacrifices will be reinstituted before the middle of the tribulation. And this is the purpose now of like the Temple Institute. The Temple Institute in Israel, one of the questions today, by the way, someone asked is, should we be supporting financially the Temple Institute? They're great people. They're Jewish people. But they, they exist to see a temple rebuilt and animal sacrifices reinstituted. Okay, This is their stated purpose. And by the way, they already have, and I'll show you a picture here of a menorah. They already have the menorah prepared. This is covered with 200 pounds of gold. This is on display now in Jerusalem. Okay, So this is the menorah that they have prepared for the rebuilt temple. It's worth somewhere between 2 and $3 million. It's overlaid with 200 with, uh, I think it's 200 pounds of gold. It's absolutely gorgeous. Made under the specifications of Moses and what Moses told the children of Israel. And so that's ready to go. They have articles for service. In other words, the, the pitchers, the bowls, the all the different articles for service. They've been making these now for many years. They have the priestly garments. They have the ephod with all the stones in it, exactly the way that Moses said to build it. So ready to go. The Temple Mount Faithful. Uh, they have the cornerstone ready to go. When they build the temple, the cornerstone is ready to be laid. In the Jordan Valley, uh, they have a school of priests. These are the, the, the Cohens, those of the priestly bloodline, and they are training them how to minister in the temple. They've been training for 25 years. These things that have been happening, we talk about you know, uh, building the rebuilding the temple. The Jews are ready to go. They have been doing this for many, many years. You can go on, uh, I think it's uh, the templeinstitute.org, and you can see what they have been doing. It's absolutely remarkable. They are not standing flat-footed. There's a tremendous amount of activity in Jerusalem right now for rebuilding the temple. Here's the second fact 
about the temple. The tribulation temple will share the temple mount with Gentiles, okay? Because it says measure the temple, but not the outer court. It's been given to the Gentiles. I want to show you a picture here of the temple. This is the temple mount in Israel. This is the Dome of the Rock. This is the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And you'll notice that there is uh, this empty area here, and this is the Golden Gate here, but this is the empty area here. And some people say this is where the Jews will rebuild the temple, but that's not what the Jews say. Now, there's a lot of argument about where the, the temple is going to be built on the Temple Mount. Well, there's some people that say the Temple Mount's located, you know, down here to the south. So let me just say. There's a lot of argument on that, and I'm not going to join in that argument at all. Here's, here's what I'm going to say. The people that are going to make the decision about where the temple is built are the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council that it exists today in Israel, the Temple Mount, the Temple Institute, the Temple Mount Faithful, all those kinds of people, they're the ones that are going to rebuild. That is the consensus of like the Temple Institute. All this has to be torn down. They're saying this is in the way. Even the Al-Aqsa Mosque, according to them, they're saying we have got to cleanse the Temple Mount of all of that. Well, so here's what uh, John was told in Revelation 11. Measure the temple, but leave out the outer court because it's been given to trample the Gentiles to trample. When it says that the Gentiles trample, it means they have authority for three and a half years up here. So what I believe is there will be some of this, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, some of this will remain, but I believe this will be torn down. You say, well, how in the world can they tear that down without starting World War III? The two witnesses. The two witnesses are bulletproof. I just read you the scripture. It says, measure the outer court, and here are my two witnesses here. And if anyone tries to kill them, they call fire down from heaven. If anyone tries to kill them, they're killed in like manner. It doesn't matter if... 300 million angry uh, radical Muslims attack Jerusalem, the two witnesses cannot be harmed. They are going to protect the temple builders. And by the way, they're also going to protect them as they reinstitute animal sacrifices. The world will go crazy. When the Jews begin to, to sacrifice animals on the Temple Mount, the world will go berserk. You can imagine all the animal rights groups and what they're going to do when there are animal sacrifices on the Temple Mount. They cannot be touched when the two witnesses are present. So I'm, I'm just saying to you, it, I'm not going to decide where the temple's built. You're not going to decide where the temple's built. So my, our opinions really just don't matter. The ones that are going to decide are going to be the Sanhedrin, the Temple Institute, people like that. And it is their consensus, and you can read their own stuff. It's their consensus the Dome of the Rock has to come down. In fact, most of them believe the Al-Aqsa Mosque has to come down. But according to Revelation 11, because it's a shared property, according to John, that what the what he was told is the outer court's going to be given over to the Gentiles to trot, trot underfoot for uh, three and a half years. And so I believe there will be something present up there that will kind of throw a bone to, you know, other religions and, uh, and Muslims or whatever. But the temple is going to be in that area, according to them. The third truth is the temple cannot rebuilt without an unblemished red heifer to sanctify the Temple Mount and the Priest. And you can see this now on YouTube. The Temple Institute has a video. Uh, you can see it on their website too. And they're trying, they've been trying for decades now to find a red heifer. When they find a red heifer, Jesus is coming. You can just write that down. And they're trying very hard. They do have a couple of candidates right now. 
and they, they, they cannot have more than two hairs on the body, the red heifer, cannot have more than two hairs on its body that are not red. And so one of the red heifers they have right now has several hairs that are not red, but they're waiting to see if it's going to change. They could change back to red or whatever. But as of this moment, they don't have a candidate that has been deemed acceptable. Okay, that could change any day, but they're looking very hard. But they have to have a red heifer to cleanse. This is part of the Levitical um, law, to, to cleanse from uncleanness, contact with the dead, those types of things. They had to have the ashes of a red heifer to purify. And so it, again, is the consensus of the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem that they cannot cleanse the temple mount for the temple nor the priest without the ashes of a red heifer. Uh, number four, worship and sacrifice cannot be resumed without the presence of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, this is a big deal. You may have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark and all that stuff. They have to have the Ark of the Covenant in that temple or the, the sacrifices and offerings and worship are, are not meaningful. Okay, Here's what the Temple Institute, now th this is the Temple Institute's statement. Tradition records that even as King Solomon built the first temple, he already knew through divine inspiration that eventually it would be destroyed. Thus Solomon, the wisest of all man, men, oversaw the construction of a vast system of labyrinths, mazes, chambers, and quarters underneath the Temple Mount complex. He commanded that a special place be built in the bowels of the earth where the sacred vessels of the temple could be hidden in case of an approaching danger. Midrashic teaching, Midrashic traditional teach, tradition teaches that King Josiah of Israel, who lived about 40 years before the destruction of the first temple, commanded the Levites to hide the ark together with the original menorah and several other items in this secret hiding place which Solomon had prepared. This location is recorded in our sources, and today there are those who know exactly where this chamber is, and we know that the ark is still there, undisturbed, and waiting for the day when it will be revealed. And so according to the Temple Institute, they know exactly where the ark is. It's under the Temple Mount. And these mazes and labyrinths that Solomon built specifically to hide these articles from a, an approaching enemy. And so there are several priests now in Israel that say that they've seen it, that they're eyewitnesses to the fact that the Ark of the Covenant is there. Here's number five. The Tribulation Temple will be the site of the abomination of desolation that marks the beginning of the Great Tribulation. There is a coming Antichrist, and the way that we know that is not just through the Scripture, but it's look what's happening in, in Jerusalem today. Look at the activity on the Temple Mount. Look at the preparations that are taking place. Uh, the building momentum of being there being a rebuilt temple. And all of that means there's going to be a temple, there's going to be an Antichrist, and everything the Bible says would take place is about to take place very quickly. And what this means is for us is Jesus is coming, that we're not going to be here through all of this. And this is the encouragement I give every time I talk about this. We're not going to be here. We're going to go at the very beginning in the rapture. But for people who are here on the earth, they will see a rebuilt temple and they also will see if they're still alive, they'll see the abomination of desolation. Now, if you're not a subscriber, I'm going to say goodbye to you. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about this issue of what's being taught in our schools and answering some questions. If you're not a subscriber, endtimes.com. Go on there, $7 a month, $77 a year. If you sign up monthly, your first month is free, so you can just kind of check us out there. If you're not a subscriber, I'm going to say goodbye to you. If you are a subscriber, stay tuned.